Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, the CEO of E2 Open was here to talk all about their acquisitions, their latest IPO, and what that means to you as their customer or anybody looking to work with E2 Open. If you were listening, it was a really great episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you missed it, don't worry. You can catch up now by heading over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community. New innovations and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. E2 Open is an end-to-end supply chain software platform helping the largest companies in the world with the most complex supply chains in the world. They are partnering with their customers on collaboration, visibility, network connectivity, and handling disruptions. And they see that the ultimate value lies in people and meeting their needs. That's why they partner with their customers. If you are looking for an end-to-end supply chain solution, check out e2open.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. We are in the middle of March, and I think that I can see spring on the horizon, which is a great, great news. I'm going to be hosting an upcoming panel discussion in partnership with Six Rivers, and that's coming up this Thursday, so hopefully you can join us. Today, I'm excited to welcome an innovative maritime law firm who are building a much-needed space for like-minded individuals and companies to do law differently. Who is it? Find out after our question of the week. So the question of the week that we asked, if you didn't work in supply chain or logistics, what other job would you have and why? My answer to this question was that I would love to be a detective and follow in my grandfather's footsteps, but I have a little bit of an issue with that because I have a problem with blood. And so I wouldn't be able to go through all of the necessary steps of being a police officer to get to detective. We ask this question every, or we ask a question every Wednesday. So the answers that came up this week, Peter says, I think sales would present great opportunities for all supply chain and procurement professionals as a next step in their careers. John says, I would have been a police officer like most, most others in my family. Love it, John. You would have been on the same trajectory as me. Namish says, I come from consulting and sales background, so that would be my fallback position. Uh, Christina says, supply chain stays my first choice uh, because it's life and energy is everywhere. A trainer, uh, she says that's in her blood and bones, and musician because she loves sounds. They define voices, tunes, and language. Jennifer, I don't know that I'd rather be doing anything else. I love the daily challenges and changes that pop up. If I had to choose, it would be a stay-at-home mom. I love that. Victor, teacher, no doubt. I enjoy to share, to coach, and to mentor. Felipe, purchasing, I think, for the project's development. And Jerrier says, musician. All amazing, amazing answers. Thank you to everybody who participated in our question of the week. We do ask a question every single Wednesday morning on the Let's Talk Supply Chain, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So we'll see you over there. 
As top carriers continue to merge, shippers need personalized ocean carriage contracts to protect their businesses now more than ever. So Cusack & Co., led by the dynamic and inimitable Allison Cusack, provide a range of both proactive and reactive services to help shippers compete and stay protected in a global market. Today, Allison, founder and principal lawyer, is going to chat all about exactly what Cusack & Co. do, the importance of empowering shippers, and of driving better business. But first, let's learn a little bit more about Allison. So Allison Cusack is the founder and principal lawyer of Cusack & Co. Pty Limited, an innovative and forward-thinking maritime law firm. Allison's modern approach to business is fresh-minded, progressive, and inclusive. In addition to her female-founded firm, Allison has championed Wista Australia, the Women in Shipping and Transport Association, as president for the last two years. Allison's passion for learning and growth also continues to flourish as a master's lecturer in business and company law. Hi, Sarah. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am super excited to have you on the show today. You are a major friend of the show and everything that we're doing. You're a really, really good friend of mine, too. And, you know, you've been a panelist on Blended. And, you know, from hearing you on Clubhouse as well, it just comes out how passionate and engaging you are as a speaker. So again, I'm really excited for our listeners to hear more from you and to find out a bit more about your business and what you're doing, because I love what you're doing in the industry. I think we need more of it. I think we need to talk more about it. So let's dive right in. Why don't you, you know, why don't we start at the beginning? What's your background and how and why did you come to found Cusack & Co.? Um, I love how you said I was like passionate about the industry as code for I just like kitsch stuff and I have literal <laughs> portholes in my office. Um, it's definitely a tax write-off. Let's just not even talk about that. Um, so I am I am just such a maritime nerd. So I literally started in law school. There was a competition called the Maritime Law Arbitration Moot and I, little eager law student, was like, I want to do fake court stuff and learnt about um, maritime and learned about this pesky little concept called general average and I was hooked and I was like you get to do law with things you can see and it's not these like weird arbitrary concepts like IP or ugh, leases I hate leases and ever since then I was like I love the fact that I could look out and be like oh see that ship it ran into a the quayside there's the damage there's the claim um and also pirates Right. I mean, like if, who doesn't love talking about pirates? I was going to say, we don't love pirates. <laughs> we love talking about talking pirates. About. And, also, and also, lawyers get to go to court and argue about who should pay to negotiate with the pirates. Like, you know, this is maritime law is just super fun. Um, oh, my God. So goodness. then... I know, and then I wrote, and then I wrote an eight thousand word paper on general average because I I am that nerd, um, and I have the distinct honor of being <laughs> Australia's like claim to general average nerd. Everyone's like, oh, talk to Allison, she's mad keen for it. We don't get it. Like the other maritime 8, lawyers, eight thousand like, words. Yeah, the other maritime lawyers are like, mate, you're you're too nerdy for us. Like, mm -mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so Don't then, you love it? <sighs> No, I do. And I'm just, I'm like, don't, like, what? 
so anyway, so I'm, I'm a mad keen nerd and I don't hide it. I, I love it. I love, I love the nuance. I love the living history. I, I love that we have all these concepts from the 1600s that we just refuse to let go of. And then we try and smoosh it together with blockchain and it's like literal old meets new. Um, it's just, it's just exciting and fun. And, and, you know, you read about these things and you see the engine room of the world's economy, right? Like you see it when you work with cargo ships and, and the cargo and the owners. Um, but yeah, so then I wrote, I wrote my paper and I was talking to a lot of lawyers trying to get help, you know, when I was at uni and I met a lot of the shipping lawyers. Um, and then uh, the global financial crisis hit and there was, you know, the credit crunch and couldn't get a job, went off, toddled off to the tax office as a graduate. And then um, my old boss saved me from my future of tax auditing. Um, and um, I worked for nearly six years as one of the in-house lawyers for A&L, which is a subsidiary of the CMACGM group. So I cut my teeth, uh, literally thrown into the deep end. It's, you know, work with these port agents. They've got a lost bill. This container's overweight. What do we do? You know, negotiating stevedoring contracts with the big stevedores, um, tender contracts, uh, which I loved. I love, I am a mad keen nerd for contracts, right? Like, I just, I just don't think, I, I love reading them. I love negotiating. I love getting two contracts and smushing them together and making sure they, they work and they fit in and they don't do the wrong, they don't misbehave, right? And I love distilling all of that great juicy negotiation that happens, you know, whether it's at conferences or the pub or in boardrooms and distilling it down and, and making sure what people agree on is actually in the contract because you'd be surprised yeah. how often that doesn't happen. And, um, yeah, so then, um, you know, got sort of six years in and uh, A&L went through a massive period of growth, which is why I sort of stayed longer than the usual the usual suspects do. Um, and then I just, I wanted more. I, I wanted to be that nerd who was passionate about maritime law and I wanted to do things differently and I wanted to get really proactive on risk. And, and the other thing was I was around this time uh, that all the big um, – mergers were happening in the top 10 of the container carriers and so cma bought nol which is apl Hartbeg lloyd got bought out you know um costco took on double o and i just sort of thought you know yeah yeah you can win as a carrier but that's because you've got all the power and i started feeling like they were winning because they could not because they should and well you know, and I, i'm Who's going to look out for the the little guy? Right, absolutely. And I was, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not backwards and coming forwards, and um, I'm very passionate about, you know, yeah, yeah, win, but not not win because you're just bigger and you can throw your weight around. I'm I'm about well, you know, there's a difference between making a bad bargain and getting sort of crushed by market forces, right? And I thought, what if I switch sides? Right. What if I, you know, as, as the carriers would say, I went to the dark side of cargo interests and I thought, what if I switch sides and I used my skill set and I used my knowledge and I really empowered these little guys to hack the system because there is a system, Amazing. right? There is a system of uh, legal conventions and the bill of lading terms and conditions and there's things they can do internally. And I'm like, let me help you hack the system to better your position so that you're not just at the mercy and the whims of 
you know, the top 10 carriers have what, 75% of global cargo. That's an insane number. So Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I just, I kind of, you know, and I'm an Aussie and I don't know if you can tell from the accent, but you know, we, we like to go for the underdog and we like to stick it to the man a little bit. And, you know, I was like, yeah, stuff it. it. What's, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? I love it. I love it. And I love your journey. You know, I love the fact that you went from in-house lawyer for the steamship lines and thought after all the mergers and and whatever came out of the wash from all of that, you decided to go out on your own and use those skills, right? Transfer those skills into the private sector and see what you could do there. And you have done so much and I can't wait to unpack it because I think it's just going to blow people away. I mean, it's just it's just amazing everything that you do and and what you're doing. So when we talk about QSAC and Co, what exactly do you do? Like, what is your offering, and who's who's your ideal client? Ooh, my ideal client. I love these questions. So QSAC and Co is a maritime law firm who looks after cargo interests uh, in the importing, exporting, containerization. Only containerization. Don't touch anything else because I know my niche um, and I stick to it because that's where my value add is. So basically, if you interact with the steamship lines or the ocean carriers, um, that's where I come in. I fit into the ocean facing side. So you want to negotiate your tenders with um, direct with your, um, you know, your masks, your MSCs, your Costco's um, for the big guys. That's that's my jam. Like I will get into that RFP and I will come up with all of these amazing things. And you're going to say to me, we can ask for that. We're allowed to ask for that. We can negotiate that. And I was like, oh, absolutely. Just wait till you see the bag of tricks I have in store. And it's all about at the back end of disaster recovery. So all of the learnings I've had and all the interactions I've had with every single sort of, um, you know, supply chain break, I front load that into the contracts. So then when it comes down to, um, you know, something goes wrong, it's not a, oh, but we're a really great client and you should look after us. It's like, look at clause 3B, mic drop. And then it's just done, right? Like it's the power play. And I love that, right? Because that's how powerful contracts are. Use them. So my my target clients are um, the direct, the major direct importers, um, and, and because I was an in-house lawyer, I understand in-house teams. So if you've got any in-house teams listening that need a bit of extra support on the supply chain side, that's me. I will happily be your sort of um, extra support in the shadows. I don't need the glory. Just give me a call and I'll, I'll sort it for you quick smart. I'm used to the quick turnaround times. I'm used to the pressure. I mean, Sarah, you know, shipping's two speed. Either it had to be done 30 minutes ago or she's on the yeah. water for two weeks stuff at let's just talk about it next week. Right. And then the other side is um, the startups, right? You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. We know the challenges and the sleepless nights and the stress. And I want to get in there and help those startups who have these amazing ideas. And I want to make sure they don't sink before they set sail, right? right. And I want to be I want to be their, their awesome person who's cheering them on and helping them avoid pitfalls. And then when they're massive, you know, the next Amazons, they're going to be like, hey, Alison, you're still our lawyer. <laughs> Well, and I love that because I, I love that because um, a lot of times, you know, I'm talking to shippers all the time, small to medium size. And a lot of the times they're like, yeah, you know, I needed to get raw materials from here or I needed to get product from here. And 
this is a crazy world. Like I've never experienced anything like international shipping in my whole entire life before. And they're like, you know, it's just, it just doesn't work very well. There's, it's very clunky. And, you know, there's questions around cargo insurance, which I know that's one of your favorite topics. (laughs) And, you know, do I get cargo insurance? Do I not get cargo insurance? How am I negotiating with my suppliers to make sure that I'm on top of everything that I need to be in? And how do I negotiate with my freight forwarders and know that if something happens along the way, I'm going to be protected? So there's so many, you know, so many questions when it comes to those startups and small to midsize. And I think that you are the perfect person to help them. Well, thank you. I'm trying to distill products right because no one wants to go oh I've got to go see a lawyer and it's big and it's scary and they're going to cost me an arm and a leg and they won't even tell me how much they're going to charge and they're intimidating me because they're all lawyerly and going to use big words like aforementioned and I'm just I mean you've heard me on the clubhouse I just kind of like rock in and I'm like hey guys what's going on you should all have cargo insurance and then just like bounce out (laughs) That's it. Everybody needs cargo Every, insurance. Everybody. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, not even international shipping. You need cargo insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so what I – but that's why I tried to sell products because I thought to myself, what would I want to do if I was in their shoes, right? So what I've tried to do is build a suite of products. So it's like a menu, right? You don't go to a restaurant and go, they go, what do you want to order? And you're like, I don't know. I just know I need food because that's what a lot of law firms do to people. They go – what do you need help with? And they go, I don't know. So start building a framework so they can pick a product and then we have a jumping off point. So I got two um, awesome products. One is setting sail for startups, which is a two hour consult, basically a, it's an intense download for the startups to basically give them a chunk of information, get their brains ticking and send them off to have some questions amongst themselves and their founders and their service providers. And do you know what I mean? Just bring awareness to you know, the, the, we're reducing the unknown unknowns, the, the famous Donald Rumsfeld quote. Right. But then on the flip side, when I was in lockdown in Melbourne, um, and you know me, I have to stay busy, I built a, uh, created the Cusack & Co Academy to have the Shipping 101 course propelled forward so that people, if they don't want to admit to me or their peers, even if they've been in the industry for a little bit and they're like, I still don't know what the hell SOLAS means or what what really a bill of lading actually is. I just hear, you know, whose bill is from lading? Great bloke. I have the course so that you can jump on, do it. It's four weeks. It's bite-sized, but it gives you a macro to micro, um, teaches you about insurance even, and, you know, our favorite inco terms, and just gives you that framework. So even if you have been in the industry for a while and you're like, oh, I never got formally trained or I just – have those nagging doubts that maybe I don't know some things and there's some gaps, jump on, do the course fully online and just feel a bit more, you know, comfortable and uh, confident in your role. Yeah. And I love that. And, and I think, you know, I think your course is so timely and I think that it's so crucial to a lot of SMEs in the industry. I mean, we talk about all the unknowns that happen in shipping, especially international shipping, between the rules and the legalities that are changing from country to country, the legislation is constantly changing, tariffs are constantly changing, you're going in blind, and that could be very, very fatal to your business. You know, you you don't know that there's any something like a cargo exam 
or a container exam and, and it happens to you and it costs you a couple of grand because you've shipped a full container load. Like these are the different things that you need to know if you're going to get into international shipping. And I think your course is really something that's going to help somebody get on the, on the right track and just understand the nuances and where they need to be asking questions and who they need to be asking questions of. And so one of the things that I want to ask you about your courses is, you know, how affordable is it? Because I believe that you've made it very accessible to a lot of people and you've created a lot of resources around it so that everybody can access this and have access to it. Oh, absolutely. So the, the thing that I thought about was, you know, affordability. I mean, I'm still protecting the value that I'm adding because it's not just like a one hour, you know, sort of YouTube channel and me just talking about pirates. Um, We offer uh, payment in two stages. You also have six months to do the course because we know the shipping industry, things come up, you know, boxes fall off the mass gas and, you know, things get a bit hectic. So we do give you six months to sort of, you know, work your way through the course at your own pace. Um, We can actually, you know what we can do? We'll give the Let's Talk Supply Chain listeners a discount code. We'll work that off offline and we'll um and I'll give you the code and we'll give them 10% off. So at the awesome. moment it's priced at uh should notice off the top of my head, uh six twenty-nine USD. And um mm-hmm. let's let's work out a let's talk supply chain 10% off code for your listeners. Awesome. Let's do that. And so much value that comes out of that. And I like that you give them that much time because sometimes when you look at courses and it says that it's four weeks and you know, life happens because life always happens. So I'm glad that you did that. And then when it comes to your legal services, did you think about that when you were creating that menu for SMEs and the companies that you're working with as well about how we can, you know, sort of tip the balance, right? Because a lot of times you're talking about the steamship lines. They have a lot of money, they have the in-house legal team and they can afford all of that. And so they win most of the time. And I think that we're tipping the balance, right? We want to be able to tip that balance so that everybody can be able to navigate the legal issues that we have and the contracts and the nuances that we have in international shipping. Absolutely. So what I did was I actually went ahead and priced it. So you can download the price list for my services off my website. Because I'm about transparency because I want you to read it and be like, Right. And I'm sure people will really look and go, oh, that's expensive. But actually, if you sit back and think about the ROI and the value and the risk prevention that it does, it's pretty mm-hmm. quickly. You know what I mean? You're, I'm, I'm a lot cheaper than one wrong shipment. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but, <laughs> that but is so, so true. <laughs> right. One wrong shipment. You know, if you OK, for all the chilled for all the chilled um, reefer people out there listening in, one of your boxes could, could cost 400 grand. Right. I, I guarantee you I do not cost anywhere near 400 grand, but I can be the difference to not having. But, you know, so this is the thing. So I do um, where it's appropriate and possible, which is 90 to 95 percent of what I do. I do fixed price. We chat. I scope it up. I tell you the price. If you a startup and you got cash flow problems, we can always talk about payment installments because I get cash flow as a fellow entrepreneur. But then I give you the scope and I give you the all in all in price. Because we know our forwarders, we know our cargo, they love what's the all-in-all-in what's the all in rate. Not subject to BAF, not subject to THC. I want the all-in-all-in. All in. And that's what Talk I do. Talk about right? refreshing. <laughs> Talk about-
about refreshing. They're probably going to look at it and be like, oh, this is amazing compared to, you know, what I'm looking through, my terms and conditions on every quote that I get from an ocean freight or air freight. And then it says subject to this and subject to that. I don't know how much that is. Just tell me the price. So I'm so glad that you did that. And thank you very, very much. And I'm saying that on behalf of every shipper everywhere around the world because they're just like thank you Allison I think the other thing that we also need to mention too is that you and I have partnered with ships and I want to talk about your cargo claims bot because this thing is amazing and I'm so excited that we got to partner on this um, I think you've done an amazing job of also bringing in tech so bringing in tech to what you do from a legal standpoint but also taking a look at some of the biggest challenges that people have. And one of those, A, is cargo insurance, which, which we mentioned before, but B, is the actual claim itself. And what most people don't know, and I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that most cargo claims aren't necessarily worth pursuing. And people spend a lot of time, they spend a lot of money on it, and in the end, they really just don't get back what they think they're gonna get. So tell us about this cargo claim spot before we go any further. I love clams. So I called it clams because again, kitsch, maritime. Technically I'm in it for the whole, <laughs> but we know, I'm, we know I'm in for the merch. Anything blue and white striped, I'm there. Um, so we called it CLAMS, Cargo Liability Assessment Marine. Um, yes, SHIPS has the world first. You are the first adopter global. So what I was so excited to work with you. Um, so basically it was born out of, I mean, the PR spin doctors would say efficiency and I'm going to say laziness because I want to offer cargo claim assistance, but I was like, man, I am not sifting through the email vomit that comes through and you get an email and you open it and attaches another email and attaches another. And I'm like, does no one know that you can relabel a PDF? <laughs> are people aware that you, F2, F2, relabel. So, you know, you get the jumbled scans. And I thought, right, how can I make it easy for me to do without having to bring on, you know, an, an admin assistant or whatever to sift through? And how can I make sure they actually give me what they give me? And so Joseph is a um, software chatbot um, provider based in Melbourne. I know the two guys. They're super awesome, super supportive. And I basically designed, um, you know, it's user proof, right? Because I was thinking to myself, one, I don't need, it's unfair to ask the forwarders or the, or the cargo interest to, to have a law degree to be able to use a product of mine, right? Like that's, that's, like my job, right, is to have the knowledge and it's my job to make it as easy as possible for them, right? Like we all love good UX. Right. But also I was thinking to myself, claims are not business as usual for anyone in supply chain. Supply chain is either get the cargo to where it needs to be or make sure that the person you're getting, the, you know, like supply chain is about optimizing and best practice and, and wanting everything to go right. So if you've got a cargo claim, that's not business as usual which means you don't have the skill set from the repetitive nature of doing it all the time, which means you might touch it once every so often. So you know what it's like if you're like, ah, oh, when's the last time I did something? Oh, I've got to remember. And, of course, when you start thinking like that, you're like, oh, I'm going to need a chunk of time. I don't have a chunk of time. I'll push it to next week. And then it gets bigger and bigger, and you're like, I really got to do that. And then it's the too hard basket, right? 
So what I developed was I, I sat down, I mapped it out, I got it stress tested by a few people, um, freight forwarders and surveyors to say, hey, does this work? Am I missing anything? So basically what the chatbot does is it pops open and it asks you question by question, really, really simple, straightforward answers that you have on your bill of lading, on your master bill, on your survey report, on your invoices, and you type it in and you upload the documents I ask you to. And if you click the wrong thing, you can press back. If you've stuffed it all up and you don't have the documents I need, you can just abandon, grab everything you need, come back. But the idea was that if you have an 18-year-old who's fresh in the industry or fresh out of business school who's done, you know, a, a supply chain, you know, you can dump them with the paper file and say, right, kid, have at it. And literally right. it's I've I've put all the design in, so they literally just tap, 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 and I've put in the sort of um, bounds so that if they click the wrong thing, I've put in a few little sneaky things that if they click it, it'll say it literally says you're looking at the wrong documents go get the right documents yes so I've, honestly, I've honestly done that because i know how people's brains think i used to train the customer service team actually i trained most of the head office at a l back in the day because you're relying there is not enough education in the industry and you're relying on the people who have done it before but they may not have been taught right, or but you're relying on their experience. So the idea was that you can just go, we got a claim, here kid, sit down, shove it through, and they shove it through in the way that I want. So I get all the information, and then what yeah. pops out is I review it, and then I do a traffic light report. So it's an assessment as a traffic light assessment. Red means you're stuffed, don't bother, or go for a commercial you know, resolution where you get your $500 go away money from the steamship. Oranges, you've got a claim, but you've stuffed up a bit. And here's where you've stuffed up, and here's where you've got to cop the discounts, right? Cop them on the chin. Or green is go for gold. But the idea is it's another piece of um, data for your decision-making matrix for senior management. And then the idea is it's one page, not a lawyer's lengthy BS 12 pages of, but what's the answer, Alison? And then you, nice. stick it on the, you stick it on the paper file. So when you go, hey, whatever happened to that thing? Did we resolve it? And someone goes and gets the paper file and opens it. And ideally, my assessment's on the front. And I literally color code it. So the border is the color. So as soon as you open it, like red, that's why. Because we were stuffed. Yeah. Done, yes. right? And so like that is what we need in the industry. Like we need these the technology to take what we're doing on a repetitive basis right? Which is cargo claims, right? You get a claim from a customer. Everybody groans because you know what you're going to be going through <laughs> to get through that cargo claim and the paperwork that you need to do and the people that you need to need to um, talk to. And in the end, most of them don't actually go through or, or really come out in the red. And so this, I just thought was ingenious and it's something that everybody needs and I'm so glad we got a chance to talk about that today too on the episode. So I'm going to turn the tables a little bit because Allison is much more than QSAC and Co. She's much more than Shipping 101 and she's much more than Clams. And you're probably thinking there's more because that all sounds amazing. Um, but one of the things that I want to draw your attention to is that she's also the president of WISTA, which is Women's International Shipping and Trading Association 
in Australia. She's a member of MLAANZ, which is a non-for-profit association. And obviously everything that you've got under Cusack and Co. as well. And you're very, very committed to social issues and equality um, for sure. But why does the industry, you know, need all of that? What what are you doing at Wista? Why is it so important to start operating differently, more ethically in business? What and what is Wista doing for the industry and for moving us forward? I mean, there's so much in this question. I know you've got so much to say on this topic. So let's just dive in. Uh, I love that you bring up Wista um, and Milan's is the Maritime Lawyers Association, which is really cool um, because globally that feeds into the CMI, which sets up some of the um, uh, policies and conventions that we actually use, which probably people don't come across. So that's that's the nerdy part. But Wista, Wista I love. Wista I absolutely love. And I am so privileged to be the president. I got re-elected last year, so I'm in my third year. Um, and it's just so nice that they... The other women in the association believe in my vision and believe in my leadership. Um, so when I first found out about Worcester, I was like, there's a group that help women in shipping. You mean the male-dominated industry where there's just a lot of dudes, like a lot, a lot of dudes and not many women? I'm in. I'm in. What are we doing? Um, <laughs> I'm in. Yep, I'll be state rep. Yep, I'll be VP. Yep, I'll be president. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I think some of the industry um, – stalwarts were a bit terrified when I became president they're like no don't give her my power um so globally Wister um is in 53 countries over 4,000 members and has partnered with the IMO so the International Maritime Organization which sits under the UN and they've actually um signed an MOU of cooperation which is really cool and a shout out to Kitak Lim who's the IMO sec gen who came out to Australia and listened to my keynote on empowering women in the maritime community um, I just think that there's so many amazing women in this industry and the industry is not evolving fast enough to give them the space and the opportunity to shine. And that frustrates me greatly because our industry is only as amazing as our people. And if we are not creating an environment where our best people get to shine, then that's on us as an industry, right? Like yeah. we are shipping we're international trade. When the borders went down, the ships kept sailing. When the entire world stopped last year, the ships kept going and moving everything. And we were the reason you could eat. And we were the reason hospitals had PPE. And we were the reason that you could order your, you know, whatever to get through lockdown, right? So it was our time to shine. And I think it's the great shame of how we treat the, the disparity, um, in, in the industry because we are an industry that is so respectful of cultural differences, right? Because how you treat someone in Japan might be how you approach someone differently in Scandinavia because of cultural differences. And then you turn around and say, oh, but half of the population is perplexing to me. Mm -mm, right. That ain't it. That ain't it. I just, all of the skills that we have in shipping, right, should make us the perfect candidate for modeling equality and inclusion to every other industry. We are an industry of egos. I mean, look at the size of the container ships. They're getting out of control, right? <laughs> but we we let ourselves down on this. And I say we, right? Because it's all of our responsibilities. 
It is not a woman's responsibility to fix the man's environment. We need to advocate, but we need support. So what WISTA does, in, in my mind, right, kind of go to these different networking events and I kind of scoop up the sort of solitary females to the sea you know, event. I'm like, hey, there's a really great organization called WISTA. You should come. And they're like, what? There's more of us? There's more women? I'm and they're like, yes. like, they're like, why are you whispering? <laughs> yeah, because the men are like, can we come? And I'm like, ah, maybe later. Yeah. Um, and so then they come to their first Worcester event and the conversation is every, all the feedback I always get is the energy is so different and it's so relieving to walk into a room and just see so many women from that industry. And I'm not saying that all men are bad. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it was built and designed by men and it hasn't stepped back and said, could we shift? Could we evolve to give women the opportunity? Um, and so, yeah, basically what I do is I give what I like to call fairly aggressive pep talks <laughs> to the women in our organization. And I'm like, you will apply for that job. You will step up and take that opportunity. You will speak at this conference. Um, so anyone knows if they need a pep talk, they call me and I'm, and I, and I hopefully see myself as a very approachable person, whether it's as a lawyer or as the president of the association, there's no gatekeeping. They can call me and they, Alison, I'm like, hi, let's go. What do you need? Who do we need? You know, and I, and I whip around support. So basically what it is, is connecting these women because they're fairly isolated. You know, if you're, if you're the only woman in a, in a company, it can be very isolating because you want that peership, you want that mentoring, you want that network. The guys go to golf and, you know, we do our own and thing. Women, so, yeah, women go to Wista and, um, right, women and yeah. shipping go to Wista instead of golfing and we have a great old time. Well, but this is, but it's the best fun because I can connect people globally in an instant. I get, I get, you know, requests from India going, Hey, Alison, can you connect me someone in the tanker ship car, you know, that I can charter? And I'm like, ah, oh, sure. So yeah. there's, it's not, it's not just women who sit around bitching around drinking wine. We actually get some major deals done and it's quite, it's quite amazing. Um, and I just get so excited because you know what they do? They email me and tell me about their wins and it's just awesome. the absolute cutest thing ever. Awesome. So I but I also, that. but I also say um, to anyone listening, if you're in a position to sponsor, reach out to your local Worcester, um, you know, branch, or contact me, and I'll put you in touch. Put your money where your mouth is. If if you say that you're for gender equality, put the money behind you and signal to everyone that you're serious about it. And also let your women go to events. Yes. If nothing else, if that if that's yeah. one thing that you can influence in your business um, to help gender equality let women go to events it's crazy yeah, how and it just yeah and it just makes better business we've all seen the stats we've all read the articles and you know I think that it's just great that you are heading an organization like that out in Australia I mean I've spoken to quite a few WISTA members and all of the women are amazing and you know it's just great that you can celebrate the wins together and that you can come together and, and really support each other. And so I'm so glad that we were able to talk about WISTA and the impact that you're making through that organization as well. So um, we've come to kind of my favorite part of this discussion. I'm going to move back into QSAC and Co. I want you to paint us a picture. 
So paint us a picture of a real life example of how you've helped one of your customers. What was the challenge that they had that they came to you with? What was the solution that you provided? And what was the ROI that they saw from, you know, hiring you, whether that was, or, or whether that was legal services, whether that was through your shipping 101, you know, talk to us about that, paint us that picture. I think my favorite example, um, because I think sometimes people go, oh, but the steamship lines are massive and they're, they're terrifying and intimidating and you're one lawyer in Australia. And I was like, yeah, but I've taken on every shipping line. Uh, I'm not scared of them. I used to be them. They're just more people to me. Uh, so one of my clients came to me and his cargo had been uh, hit with a lien, right? Unfraid D&D invoices classic classic case it's like allison i need my cargo i think they're totally ripping me off i think it's turtle bs but i need my cargo can you help me got the documentation took a look at it wrote a very pointed letter about the status of the law and the validity of the lien and what do you know lien lifted yay so i mean cargo Cargo liens are actually my favorite because half the time they're not applied legally uh, and it's heaps of fun to be like, I know what the rules are and you're wrong and I will sue you for damages. So let's chat. So I think that the key thing that was, it was the relief for the client that he could call me and go, Alison, help. Right. And he knew that he could, he had, he knew who I was and he could, he knew who to call and he said, Alison, help. And then I could help because he, we talked about these things and that I have this knowledge. So I think sometimes it's knowing you have someone to call is the biggest sort of um, relief for a business owner. But the other thing I did was, you know, obviously business owners, when there's D and D invoices and liens get very cranky as, as understandably, but then it was, how do I stop this happening in the future? And I said, right, here are some things we can do. And he said, no, I want to write more letters. And I said, no, what's your objective? And he told me the objective and I said, writing letters ain't it. That's not what it's going to be. I'm not going to take your money to write pointless letters. And this is the other thing that may set me apart from others is I straight up tell my clients, no, I will not do that. No, that is a waste of time. No, that is a waste of money. And I set them on another path. And if that means turning down work and not getting paid for that thing, I'll do it. Because part of my responsibility to my clients is saying, no, you do not need me. And I think that's how you build the trust because I'm yeah. commercial and I'm about getting the job done, right? I'm not about, you know, hoarding as much cash as possible and taking everything to the high court. That's just not me. Yeah. Um, and if you, hey, yeah. if you want that, there's plenty of lawyers who will do it for you, but I'm about <laughs> how do I get you back onto your business as usual? I'll sneak in the back, yeah. fix it, sneak out. No one ever saw me. Get you, get you back to business as usual. That's my job. That's what I see my job is. Yeah, and that's what the ROI was, right? Like he came to you and he got his cargo a lot quicker than if if he hadn't had you in his back pocket. And that means that he had product to be able to deliver to his customer. He was able to deliver on his customer experience, which means that he got return business. And that is the cycle and that's what we're looking for you know when we're going to talk to you about some of these challenges that come up so lastly let's talk about the future 
what does the future hold for Cusack and Co. and for yourself? I mean, you've already done so much. You are doing so many amazing things. You're making such an impact on this in- industry. Is there more? What can we What can we look forward to? Oh, there's always more. You know me. I get very excited about things. <laughs> well, there is the awards show next week. Um, fingers crossed, everyone in the audience. Cross your fingers for me. Hoping to get up. Hoping to celebrate. Um, what's next? Going to expand the Shipping Academy, the Cusack & Co. Academy. We're going to add more modules. We're going to add some masterclasses. So if there's anything you want to see, drop me a line because I'm very happy to take, you know, uh, user requests, as it were. Uh, the chatbot may be doing some interesting things with some very, very large companies. So stay tuned for that. Um, mainly because I think there is a very good opportunity for a lot of companies who have deal with cargo claims to really improve their customer user experience around it. Right. Let's not gatekeep. Um, and the biggest and most exciting thing that's definitely going to happen is that 30 April, Cusack and Co. turns three. Yay! Very exciting. exciting. I can't believe it's three years. Like three years. It's, you know, you start and then wait, like, a second, first... wait a second you said april 30th yeah i think mine's april 16th and i'll be let's talk supply chain will be three years <gasps> we're gonna have to celebrate together uh absolutely bloody covid and borders because you know i want to jet off to uh, no you can come to melbourne and then i'll come to canada um okay but yeah, three Looks three cool. years, and it's the magic it's the magic milestone, right? So mm-hmm. I'm very excited. There will be some helium balloons. Uh, there will be some cake, and it's going to be, and there will be some champagne. So I'm just I don't know, just super excited that I I did it, I built it, I persevered through COVID, no less. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm just really excited to hit that milestone. Um, and I think no, I know. I know 2021 is going to be a very big year for Cusack and Co. And and don't be surprised if if the name keeps popping up everywhere and you suddenly go, oh, I know who this person is. She was on Sarah's show. Awesome. <laughs> yes, awesome. I cannot wait to see, and I'm excited to celebrate three years with you this year as well. You know, I could genuinely talk with you all day long. I loved getting an insight into you, what you're doing at QSAC and Co. And I really hope that this has resonated with our listeners, you know, small and mid-sized shippers and those in the shipping industry. Hopefully everyone will be inspired to think differently about maritime law and go away and double check exactly what you have in place right now. So a big thank you to Allison for joining us today on the episode. That was absolutely amazing. Thanks for having me. And uh, as a parting note, yes, you need cargo insurance. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. 
Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. And don't forget to come back next week where I am interviewing Matt from Colliers. We're going to be talking all about commercial real estate, how that has been booming with the recent increase in e-commerce and so, so much more. So it promises to be an absolutely fascinating episode that you don't want to miss. If you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, as well as TikTok. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, um, as well as su subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com. Next, go and visit ships, that's shipz.com, and sign up. We are in full beta, and if you are a forwarder or shipper that wants to streamline the pricing of your air and ocean freight shipments, gain access to more choice worldwide and utilize the best of data to reduce shipping risks, then you won't wanna miss out on our platform. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And remember to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts and I will feature you and your review on an upcoming episode great week everyone thanks for listening and remember ship happens